Well, um, as we move now just into the part of our morning where uh, just we would normally have our, our sermon, um, obviously, you know, we're in uh, very uh, unprecedented times uh, as far as just uh, this, this whole world, not just our country, but, uh, but really our, our whole world. Um, things that we've never seen happen, especially so broadly. Uh, it's really, um, I mean, it's, and it moved very quickly. It just seems like in 48 hours, we just kind of went from like, oh, we'll see how things happen. And then I just, all of a sudden, everything was just um, shut down. Uh, so I'm going to be reading from a, uh, a passage of scripture that's probably being read in hundreds of churches this morning. Uh, there's a handful of, of, uh, uh, of different scriptures that I think a lot of churches are probably going to. Uh, but uh, this one is going to be from Matthew chapter 6. Uh, verse 25 through 34, um, because it's the words of Jesus uh, as he spoke to the people uh, specifically about worry uh, and what they should do and what we should be doing in order to fight and combat the fears and the worries uh, that we have in such uncertain times. So uh, allow me to pray first uh, as I um, just ask the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into truth this morning as we open his word. Um, you know, it's, it's great for us to be able to be together in a virtual kind of a way, but at the end of the day, it's God's word that has to be the thing uh, that leads us to him uh, and brings us the comfort uh, and, the, and the security that, uh, that we're all looking for and hoping for. Father in heaven, we thank you uh, that your word is living and active uh, and that it is um, at work in us. And right now, um, in a very, uh, very important way, um, uh, we really need your word, uh, not just for us individually, but for us as a church and for us to be carrying your word to other people uh, that are in our lives, our neighbors, friends, uh, classmates, co-workers uh, that are in need of being pointed to Jesus and having um, the security, the, the strength, the confidence uh, that you are a good God who's in control. Uh, so help us, O oh Lord, um, and by your own words that you spoke on this planet, Jesus, we ask uh, that you would bring comfort to us today. We thank you, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Matthew chapter six, verse 25, uh, we're gonna be going through 34. Here's what Jesus says, speaking to the people, he says, therefore I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you of more value than they? And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. But I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory wasn't arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Well, the events of the last few weeks have obviously brought a lot of uh, confusion and uh, fear, anxiety, a lot of modifications to life to millions uh, across our planet. And um, an event like this really uh, brings lists different levels of concern to nearly everyone. Um, and it calls into question the future that Jesus is actually speaking of. What are we gonna eat or drink? Uh, our health, uh, our bodies, what are we gonna wear? Uh, things like food supplies and as we've seen, just kind of the, um, the rush to get you know, hand sanitizer and toilet paper and all these different things and bottled water and uh, we're, we're wondering, what are we gonna eat? What are we gonna wear? How are we gonna supply ourselves? And we start getting anxious about these things and we're seeing that all over the place. 
But church, Jesus wants the people to know that God is so sovereign and so in control. Even the feeding of the birds falls under his care. The adornment of the flowers and the grass even is ordained by God. And he says that we're of far more value than they are. So that truth alone should convince us that we have nothing to fear because the God who's in control is the God whom we call Father. He is our Father. The grass doesn't call God Father. The birds don't call God Father, but we call God our Father. And he clothes even those who he is not the father of, like the birds and the grass. And yet we can actually call him father. So we should know just by that statement alone that we have nothing to fear or be anxious about. And truly, we want to be the kind of people who don't have our hope and our comfort anchored in those kinds of temporal things, but rather we want our faith and our confidence and our strength to be rooted in what we know about Christ. His love for us, his power, his sovereignty, his his wisdom, and his faithful trustworthiness. If you follow the thinking of Jesus in this section, in his words here, you'll find out very quickly that what he's showing us is the root of worry is actually unbelief. That's where we start to worry is when we have unbelief. We worry when we stop believing. We don't believe that God is actually in control. That's when we start worrying. But that he cares for us and places greater value on us than on the grass of the fields or the birds of the air. We stop believing that. Because when we worry, we're taking the situation as it pertains to how we see it, how we perceive it, how we translate it in our minds. We take it out of the hands and the care of God. And we place it instead into our own hands, or in this case, maybe in the hands of the government or a political party or doctors or scientists. We're placing our trust in all of those things rather than putting our trust in God. But we have to learn to continually turn our eyes towards Christ. Here's what Jesus continues to say in verse 31. Therefore, don't be anxious. So in light of all this, knowing that he cares for you more than the birds of the air and the grass of the field, in light of all that, therefore, don't be anxious, saying, well, what are we gonna eat? What are we gonna drink? What are we gonna wear? Now, the Gentiles, which is the, the non-believing community, people that don't acknowledge God, the Gentiles seek after all those things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. He knows that we have these needs. So the problem, church, is that when your, your worry reveals what you are trusting in, what you're hoping in, your worry reveals what you find comfort in. And when it reveals that your trust and hope and comfort is not in Christ, well, we don't look any different. In this case, he says Gentiles. In our case, we don't look any different than any other American who believes or doesn't believe. We look like just everyone else on this planet whose hope is in temporary things of the world. We become no different than anyone who doesn't trust in Christ. And in the face of this, what is, we all hope is a temporary calamity on this planet, is it obvious to others that our hope is in Christ alone? Is it obvious to the people who are in your life? Do we look different than those who don't trust in Christ? Or are we living in just as much fear and anxiety and panic as those who don't have their hope in Christ? 
Are we placing our hope in temporary things just as much as everyone else? I hope the answer is no for us. And Jesus gives us the solution to change this. If in fact, and it's, it's very normal for us to wonder about these things, to wonder where we're gonna be getting all these things and how things are gonna pan out. But when our life is marked with just perpetual anxiety and worry, that's when the, the problem becomes uh, a lack of trust. And so Jesus gives us the solution to, to change this. He says in verse 33, but he says, so instead of worrying about what you're gonna wear and eat and all this stuff, do this instead. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, what you're gonna eat and wear, it'll all be added to you. So therefore, in light of all that, don't be anxious about tomorrow or the next day or next week because tomorrow's gonna be anxious for itself. We'll have plenty of things to think about tomorrow. Let's not worry about tomorrow. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. We've got enough to think about today. So Jesus tells us to turn our eyes towards him. Now, I've probably shared a lot before uh, on Sundays. Um, I, I love reading the news. Uh, it's just one of the things that is like my go-to. I just, I read the news a lot. Um, and I realized in the last couple of days, uh, I'm just, I'm turning my eyes towards the news a lot. And yeah, we all have to kind of stay in tune and know what's going on. So there's obviously responsibility, but I, I find myself just so quickly going to that news rather than the good news. So I have to figure out how can I be responsible as a father, as a pastor, as a friend, as a coach, all these different things. How can I be responsible while also filtering all of this bad news through the good news? If I'm only taking in bad news, well, I'm gonna respond the way that the rest of the world is responding. But I have to filter all this, because I'm not saying we should sequester ourselves and don't read any news or anything, but as we take in all this news and this stuff that we have to plan for, we have to consider, we have to change things in our lives, we have to do those things. But how do we make sure that we are filtering that through our, our translator, as we saw last week, which is the good news? Jesus gives us the answer. He says to seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first, make that your priority, make that your, your, your filter as you bring in all this news, all this stuff that is changing on an hourly basis, make sure it's filtered through what you know about the kingdom of God. We have to do that, we have to seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things, modifications you're making, choices you have to make, changes in your schedule, all these things, they'll, they'll be filtered through this, all those things will be added to you. You'll make wise decisions, You'll be able to make these decisions with peace in your hearts, but only if we seek first the kingdom of God. So he tells us to turn our eyes towards him, towards the kingdom and the things of the kingdom. Turn our eyes to focus on and behold, as we've been seeing the last few weeks, behold the things of God, to fix our eyes upon Christ. And if we do, all these things, everything we need will be given to us. We'll make the right decisions, or at least better decisions, when we're not just panicking and living in fear, but thinking through these things logically, biblically, will make better, more wise decisions. And worrying, he says, doesn't do us any good because our worry can't change tomorrow. I can worry all day long about tomorrow and yet it's not gonna change tomorrow whatsoever. C.H. Spurgeon says this, worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow, but it empties today of its strength. And that is so incredibly true 
all the worry of today does doesn't change anything about tomorrow. All it does is just empties today of its strength. It empties you of hope and of the, the boldness and confidence you have in Christ. When you worry, you're taking the, the power, uh, at least the way that you're encountering it, you're taking the power out of God's hands and, and putting it in your own hands. You have no strength now because you worry. You've lost faith. You've, you've turned your eyes from Christ. Our worry and fear today robs God of his glory in our lives. It steals the opportunity for him to give you the strength that you can find only in him when you worry about tomorrow. And I'm not just talking about this coronavirus and the things going on. I'm talking about everything in our life. Relationship worries, friendship worries, financial worries, all these things. Everything in our life. When we are worried about things and anxious about things, we are robbing God of the opportunity for him to be glorified, not just in our lives, but for us to even influence others and see God glorified in their lives. We draw attention away from God and onto these circumstances and our own strength. We miss these opportunities for God to be magnified in our lives. For us to not only just learn how to trust in his ways, in ways that we never have before, but we also miss opportunities to point others to Christ by putting on display our love for and our dependency on God's faithful sovereignty. When we worry, when we have fear, what we're communicating by our actions is God is not actually in control. I can't trust him. I'm not dependent on him. I need to fix things. I need to figure things out. What are we gonna do? What am I gonna eat? What am I gonna wear? We are communicating to the people in our lives that God is not actually gonna supply our needs. He's not gonna take care of us. Look how Peter puts it in, in uh, 1 Peter chapter five. And this was written to a persecuted church, a persecuted people. He says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Not the weak hand of God, and not even just the hand of God, but the mighty hand of God. Now, why should we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God? Here's why, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Now, this phrase, I, I love this phrase that Peter uses. He says, casting your cares. Um, Peter was a fisherman by trade. He was a fisherman. And the word casting was a common phrase used by fishermen. Uh, what they would do is they would have these big nets that were weighted down on the ends. And so he, they would, fishermen would cast out these nets in order to trap fish. And this, this net would weigh down the fish and it was tied to a little rope and so they would cinch it up and pull it in. But this weighted net would go around and it would capture the fish so they couldn't get away and it would weigh them down. They were trapped. And so Peter, being a fisherman, he's using this phrase he's probably used so many times in his life, casting out nets. And he, so he says this, cast your anxieties on him. So, so here's the picture we have. When our anxieties are cast upon ourselves, it's like this weighted net. We just feel paralyzed. We're trapped. We're, we're drowning in our own fears, our own anxieties. We can't get out. And then it gets cinched up. And now we're stuck. We're caught. But instead, but he says, no, don't let your fears and anxieties weigh you down and be cast upon you and, and trap you in this net. He said, no, take your anxieties and cast them upon the Lord. Take them like a net and, and just try to weigh down the Lord with your worries. See what happens. It's not gonna happen. 
He doesn't get weighed down. You cast your net upon him, all your cares, worries, God, you deal with this. And what he does is he just tears that net to shreds. He carries that weight for you. It's not, a, it's not a problem for him. It's not a roadblock for him. Thomas Watson, he says, it's our work to cast the care and it's God's work to take care. Our job is to cast our cares upon him and his job is to take care of them. We cast care, he takes care. He breaks that worry, that anxiety, that net into pieces, just shreds it. See, worrying, I've said this for years. Worrying is, honestly, all worrying is, Worrying is just praying to yourself. It's all worry is. When you worry, you're saying, oh, Lord Joby, you need to take care of this problem. It's on you and your strength and your wisdom to figure out what to do tomorrow and what the next day and how are you gonna fix this? We are praying to ourselves as God of our own lives and we are doing the same exact action as prayer. Like when it comes to physically, you know, you're, you're closing your eyes, you're, praying on the inside, or maybe you're praying out loud. Worry is the same exact action as prayer. It's just that it's addressed to two different people. Prayer is addressed to God, casting your cares upon him. Worry is addressed to you, casting your cares upon yourself. But it's the same action. So it's mind blowing to me because I am kind of by nature, I, I, I worry, I, I think a lot. Um, I get stuck in my head. It's mind blowing to me that I don't just change my worry and just address it to someone else. I mean, when you think about when you worry about something, I could sit there for a few minutes and go, okay, what are we gonna do uh, about tomorrow and how are we gonna get these different things? All I have to do is change the address. God, show us what to do tomorrow. Show us how you're gonna take care of us. I can, I can take the same amount of time as I worry and make it a prayer, but I'm gonna have far different results, at very least in my heart. And so worrying is just praying to ourselves, but so pray not to yourself then. Start praying to God. Stop praying to yourself and start praying to God. Take all of your worries and instead of casting them upon yourselves as a prayer to yourself, cast it upon the Lord. Use this time to, to learn how to pray even more because we are, we're all worrying, we're all thinking. And so worry is something we do when we feel like we need to find a solution or we need to find a way out of something. We have to figure out a way to fix an issue. Worrying is what we do when we realize we're not in control and that brings fear and anxiety. And ultimately it's something we do when we don't believe that God is good and God is in control and that we can actually cast our cares upon him. It reveals, worry reveals that something else is actually our God. Something else is our idol. We fear losing something else that we hold as most precious. We, we fear losing our comfort or our health or our freedom to do whatever we want whenever we want. This is how a lot of us are feeling. Or maybe money. There's gonna be a lot of repercussions in our economy and jobs. And so these kinds of things then will either provoke us to either worry or it's gonna provoke us to pray. It's gonna provoke us to look towards ourselves to find solutions and figure things out or it's gonna provoke us to look to God and his promises. And these kinds of things are gonna to reveal to us where our hope and comfort is. And it doesn't mean at all that we don't do practical things. It doesn't mean we don't plan or prepare. I'm not saying we just go and say, oh, God's gonna figure out everything and we just kinda of just do nothing and don't change. I'm not saying that at all. I mean, look, we're, there's, there's 10 of us here today. We're making, we're, we're, we're doing things to be proactive. So I'm not saying don't be proactive and don't think and plan. But what I'm talking about is our hearts, where our hearts are finding our ultimate strength and hope 
where our hearts and our eyes are being fixed to. Are we focused on the kingdom of the world or the kingdom of the McGinty household or are we seeking first the kingdom of God? And Jesus tells us that this is what we should do is seek first the kingdom of God. Because none of those things I even just mentioned, comfort, health, freedom, money, none of those things are necessarily bad. They're not, they're not bad things. Those aren't evil things. And all these things are in jeopardy right now for many of us. But they're not necessarily bad, but yet they're also not necessary for joy. You don't need any of those things to have joy. They're not bad things. And they can maybe facilitate some joy in our life. You know, there's nothing wrong with having a, you know, a, a nice, warm, cozy home to enjoy your family and invite people into. There's nothing wrong with that. And it could, it could actually facilitate some, some joyful times. But those things aren't necessary for joy either. And we have to seek first the kingdom of God. So when we think objectively about it, worry really is an act of worship. Worry is an act of worship. Or at very least, it reveals what we worship or who we worship. That's what worry does. Worry shows you who or what you worship, what you feel is most important in your life that you need to have in order to have joy or happiness or satisfaction or fulfillment. This is why Augustine said that this about worry and fear. He said, worry, fear, sadness, and depression, it's all smoke from the fires rising from the altars of idolatry. So if you see smoke, worry and fear, just if you see smoke up there, you see worry, draw your eyes down to where that worry is coming from and you'll find the altar of idolatry in your life. And say, well, why am I worried? Why am I worried? Oh, it's, it's money. Oh, it's relationships. Oh, it's whatever it is. It's comfort. So draw our eyes downward from those, that smoke of worry and depression and anxiety and we will find what we worship. So going back to what Jesus says about worry and how to combat it, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you See, it's not easy, and actually I'd even say it's impossible to just say, just stop worrying. Just knock it off. Church, come on, stop it. it that's, that's kind of foolish to think that. Um, you know, on our baseball teams, uh, there's, a, there's an internet guy on YouTube. Uh, his name is Domingo Ayala. All you get, baseball guys, you'll love this, right? So you guys know Domingo. Uh, and he does these kind of spoofs on like what different kind of players and coaches and whatever are sort of like in the baseball world. And he has this one character he calls Coach Obvious. And Coach Obvious is not a helpful coach because he's the coach who, when the 10-year-old uh, can't throw a strike and he keeps walking kids, that Coach Obvious goes, come on, man, throw strikes, throw strikes. Come on, you gotta get him out. And you know, if you're ever were 10 on a pitching mound, you're just thinking in your head like, I know that coach, like be quiet, you're not helping. Coach Obvious doesn't help, right? So it's not good enough for us to say, hey, church, just stop worrying, right? Because I'm sitting there going like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know that's wrong. Help me learn how to stop worrying, though. Tell me what to do to make the adjustment. So a better baseball coach goes out to the mound and he says, hey, you're doing this. Make this adjustment. Here, try this, you know. Uh, but uh, Coach Obvious just is not helpful. So we can't just be Coach Obvious with each other. Just say, hey, bro, stop sinning. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> thanks, for the, thanks for that helpful tip. <laughs> you know? We have to do more than that. And so Jesus doesn't just say, knock it off. No, he tells us how to stop worrying. He's not coach obvious to us. He actually gives us the way. And he says, look, here's what you do. Don't just stop worrying. He goes, no, I'm gonna tell you how. I want you to seek first the kingdom of God 
turn your eyes away from these things. He doesn't just say stop looking at that stuff. He's saying stop looking at that stuff by doing this, looking at better things, turning your eyes. He gives us the way in which we can combat our worrying. He isn't just coach obvious for us. Because if he just told us, knock it off, that wouldn't be helpful. Wouldn't be helpful. We're like, okay, but how? So here's what Jesus says. He says, instead of worrying, you see that word, but, right? So instead of that, this previous thing, instead do this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You do that and everything else will be taken care of. So church, we need to learn how to realign if worry at least exposes what we worship, or if worry itself is an act of worship, we need to realign our worship. Uh, you might have heard me say before in times past that um, we uh, worship our way into sin, and so the only way out of sin is to worship our way out of sin. Meaning that the reason why we sin is because we start worshiping other things. We worship other people or experiences and because we want it so badly, we start worshiping that as our idol. That's what gets us into sin. The only way to get in, out of sin isn't just to say, I need to knock it off. The only way out of sin is to realign our worship because once we start casting our eyes upon Christ, then we will worship our way out of that sin, that lifestyle, those choices. So we have to realign our worship. We have to go from trusting in the empty promises of health or money to trusting in the unfailing promises of God to give us all that we need, all that we know that we need for life and godliness. We need to also refocus our eyes onto something greater than the temporary comforts. We need to go from focusing in on physical health and financial security to focusing in on spiritual health and our eternal security. We are firmly set on the foundation of Christ. Psalm 119, verse 37 says, turn my eyes. This is the psalmist praying to God, saying, God, turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise. Remind me of the promises you've, you've made to me so that you may be feared. So how do we turn our eyes towards Christ and find our hope in him? especially when there's so much uncertainty and fear and confusion going on. Uh, I wanna look at a few scriptures. I just, as I was preparing for uh, this particular sermon, uh, I just knew that I wanted to close the sermon really um, with um, what sometimes I call just a, a rapid fire succession of scriptures. Because uh, now what we need more than ever is, um, is just we need God's word. We need his promises. We need to say, as the psalmist says, confirm to us, O Lord, your promises solidify them in our hearts. So uh, a few scriptures here, Philippians chapter four, verses four through nine. This is Paul saying, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Church, be reasonable. Again, being reasonable means planning, means taking precautions, modifying your life in different ways, but be reasonable in it. And your reasonableness should be reflected in how you trust the Lord. And let it be known to everyone because the Lord is at hand. And church, the Lord is at hand even now. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God 
which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So finally, brothers, whatever's true, so again, they're just saying, seek first the kingdom of God. Focus on something else here. Whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about those things. Seek first those things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, Paul says, practice those things and the God of peace will be with you. One, one thing I love about that little section there is that at first in verse seven, he says the peace of God will be with you. But then it gets even better in verse nine, he says the God of peace will be with you. It's one thing to have the peace of God is a whole other thing to have the God of peace. We want God to give us his gifts, but more than anything, we want him. Isaiah chapter 26, verse three, you keep him, speaking of the Lord, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because that man, he trusts in you. Have our minds stayed upon you, O Lord. Romans chapter eight, verse 31 and 32. So what should we say about all these things? What should we say about coronavirus, all these different things going on? Un unsure future economic fallouts, kids out of school. What should we say about all these things? Well, if God is for us, who can be against us? He, the very God who didn't spare his own son, the God who clothes the grass of the field, who feeds the birds of the air, the God who didn't even spare his own son. I mean, he gives us everything. He didn't even hold back his own son. He said, I'm even gonna give him to you. He's gonna die for you. You think feeding the birds is a big deal? You think clothing the grass is a big deal? Look, I'm gonna give you my son and he's gonna die in your place. So he who didn't even spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how would he not also, Paul says, not give graciously, give us everything we need? Like why are we doubting that he's gonna take care of us? And that doesn't mean we don't get sick. It doesn't mean any of that, but, but what we can know for sure is that he is going to give us everything we need for life and God. He's gonna give us everything that we need. We're gonna seek first the kingdom of God and he will provide for us all we need. He, he didn't even hold back his own son. So why do we doubt? Why do we worry and be anxious? Isaiah chapter 50, verse two, God says, is my hand shortened? The mighty hand of God, as Peter says, is my hand shortened so that I can't redeem? Have I no power to deliver? In Jeremiah 10, verse 23, I know, O Lord, that the way of man is not in himself. Our way of getting through the next few weeks is, is not in ourselves. It is not in man who walks to direct his steps. We can know and trust that the Lord is in control. He's in control. And truly, yes, he uses the doctors and scientists and medical professionals governments to and but also everyday people like us to be part of a solution but we have to know ultimately that it is God who is in control it is not man uh, whose way is in ourselves the church in these very odd and uncertain times we have to discipline ourselves to turn our eyes away from fear and away from worry not necessarily away from the news but away from allowing the news to drive us to fear and worry. And we have to learn how to cast those anxieties that we get from the news and wherever else, 
We have to cast them upon the Lord. We have to turn our eyes towards the good news. Casting our cares upon him, believing and remembering and having the promises of God where he says, I've, I've chosen you. I've adopted you. You're my son. You're my daughter. You call me father. I'm a good God. I'm a good father. I'm going to take care of you. Take your thoughts captive. Take your thoughts captive and bring them to the Lord. Cast those thoughts upon the Lord. Ask him, ask the Holy Spirit to, to show you where these thoughts, where these fears are coming from. Are they rooted in God's word or are they rooted in just your own fear and anxiety or in the world? Seek first the kingdom of God. Continue to develop throughout these weeks your, your daily liturgy as we've been talking about the last few weeks. More than ever, because everything's changing, we need to develop a good daily liturgy for our life. The crazy thing you know, for me is that part of my daily liturgy is, was supposed to be part of like, like not reading the news as much. <laughs> like that's totally out of the water now, blown out of the water. Uh, but we have to keep saying, okay, how do we, but again, even with that, I have to find ways to balance that. Obviously, we're all reading the news a lot more, so my news reading has gone up rather than down, uh, and that's not a bad thing because of what we're in, but I have to figure out now as my own personal liturgy to help me focused in and worshiping God, I have to figure out how to balance all of that and still seek first the kingdom rather than seek first the news. Um, so now, if you've been trying to build your liturgy in the last few, few weeks, um, you're obviously gonna be probably making some, um, some alternative liturgies, uh, but keep doing that. Uh, we're gonna be stir crazy uh, we're gonna be, I mean, we're social creatures. We're meant to be together. God even said it's not good for man to be alone. And right now there's gonna be a lot more loneliness. So we have to build things into our lives that are gonna help facilitate some of these things. Um, don't just be, you know, binge watching uh, things on Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever. And, and obviously there's gonna be a lot more downtime. So, uh, but if you're gonna be doing that, like, Find some good programs to watch. Find some good movies. There's a lot of great articles right now that are out on Gospel Coalition and other places that are giving a lot of recommendations for what to do while we're indoors a lot. Uh, so be checking out some of those places. Um, finding better movies or better things, better indoor activities. Um, you know, be proactive in how you spend this time. Don't just let it go to waste uh, for the next three or four weeks or maybe even beyond. Uh, so work in things uh, that are gonna help you to... Uh, have a, a life of liturgy uh, these next few weeks. Uh, I want to um, close uh, in prayer um, and uh, that we be praying for the next few weeks um, and just re being reminded too that uh, as this whole thing evolves, um, we as a church, we're gonna evolve our, our plans. Um, you know, we're just gonna be kind of monitoring the situation as everyone is. Um, but in all of that, uh, as we make plans, change plans, whatever, um, we have to remember that we are not to be afraid. Uh, we're not to let worry and anxiety uh, overtake us. Uh, God is good and he is on the throne and that's gonna ch not gonna change. Um, even if our daily routine, even if our health or our, our jobs, our financial situation, even if all that changes, the kingdom of God does not change. We've been we've become citizens of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Right now, the kingdom of the world is being shaken. But we are citizens of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And it won't be shaken. The kingdom that we are firstly citizens of. So I'm an American, but I'm only secondarily an American right, you know, after the fact that I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. And so the kingdom that I am ultimately and eternally bound to by the blood of Christ, that kingdom, not shaken. 
That kingdom's not shaken. Church life might be shaken. The way we do community, that's shaken. But the kingdom that we're part of has not been shaken, and it's not going to be shaken. So in the meantime, then, as the sort of maybe visible kingdom on the earth, the church across the globe, we have to figure out ways to adapt uh, to be that kingdom that is not shaken, but in modified ways. And so while we are apart physically, um, we need to really make efforts to try to stay together. Um, I'm going to be looking into different ways that I can maybe be live streaming throughout the week, uh, just in different ways that, um, that might keep us connected, maybe on community group nights, uh, different types, uh, different things like that. So uh, I'll be uh, emailing everyone, putting things on Facebook just to let you know if there's other uh, different times or whatever that we can be doing some live chatting or some whatever. We're just going to try to figure out uh, some creative ways to stay more connected uh, while we're apart. Um, one thing I'm actually praying for, and I'd invite you guys all to be praying for this too, is um, I believe that through this time, and, and we hope and pray that it's not very long, obviously, um, but I hope and pray that this is going to uh, teach us a lot and reveal a lot to us uh, and even cause our hearts to grow more fond of each other uh, because uh, I know that today looking at 10 people, um, it's, uh, it's just, it's different, you know, and, um, and I miss already uh, being together in this room with our church family. Uh, I miss just being able to sing songs. It's just, it's, this just isn't right. It's just not how life is supposed to be. And so um, I am praying that through this time, um, our desire and even our dedication to gathering together, community groups, one-on-one, church on Sunday, I hope that we come out of this with a deeper desire and passion and love for the body of Christ. So be praying for that, not just for us, but for all the other churches in this world. So uh, allow me to pray and thank the Lord that he does enable us to be together in this limited way uh, and ask him um, for many things right now. Uh, but let's just, let's pray and ask the Lord just to uh, be at work among us. Father in heaven, we gather here, even as our um, country has declared that this is a national day of prayer, uh, we do, uh, we wanna gather with all the, the, the churches around the world and um, we want to be praying uh, for uh, health and safety. We want to be praying for uh, wisdom, discernment, uh, for the churches, also the governments, people, everyone that's going to be making different choices, uh, necessary choices as part of their life and how to uh, respond, how to modify their life. Help us as churches to maintain uh, the course of the mission you've called us to be part of. You've put the church on this earth for a reason. And it's to see your glory be made known among the nations. And right now, though certain aspects of our mission are gonna be halted or modified, um, give us wisdom and uh, clarity on ways that we can continue the mission and maybe even go about the mission in a different way. Some of those things hopefully will just be temporary. And then other things maybe we learn uh, can be a part of uh, our future ongoing mission. We don't, we don't know. Uh, but for right now, we're going to concern ourselves with today. Help us today to cast our eyes, our hearts, and our cares upon you. To cast our anxieties upon you because we know that they're not going to weigh you down. They weigh us down. They suffocate us. They, they, they drown us. 
but that doesn't happen to you. Help us, O Lord, to take all of our cares and worries with this coronavirus and everything else in our life, that we would take it to you, trusting in you. And while we wait through this time, through this time of modified uh, behaviors and protocols, while we wait, we trust. We trust in you. We trust in your, your mighty right hand. We humble ourselves on your mighty right hand. We thank you, Lord. God, we look forward to being together in the same room again. I pray that you'd give uh, all of us opportunities to, uh, to wisely um, be together with others um, in just ways that are you know, responsible and all, all that good stuff. Uh, but we just pray that we would uh, be able to stay connected as well as possible in the coming uh, days and weeks. And we look forward so greatly to where we get to see each other face to face. We thank you, Lord. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.